Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's time to step inside the Octagon with your host, Ike Feldman. What's up, everybody? Your boy, your brother in arms, Isaac Ike freaking Feldman. Yes, it says freaking on my birth certificate. Is back in studio with none other than Beethoven underscore the underscore grappler on Instagram. He's a wonderful follower, uh, wonderful follow. He exudes so much positive energy, not just on social media, but in real life. That's that's very hard for people. People plug into the matrix and they're just these uh, these meta creatures. But Tom lives his social media in real life. He's a good person. I was on this boxing journey. Tom pulled me back in to the MMA journey, and that's that's very hard to do. Uh, just we met. Tom did his folk style submission grappling with Ricky Stam. Amazing thing. Uh, always improving. Those guys are amazing. Wonderful content. Wonderful people. And something about those guys is just gravitating to. So happy to be in the mix with Tom. He gets to punch me in the face. Uh, it's 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 a very cool relationship. But now we're chopping it up on the Octagon. First and foremost, Tommy DeGenero. How you doing, brother? I'm great. I'm great. That's uh that's an unbelievable introduction. Most people go their whole lives without ever getting an introduction <laughs> like that. So thank you for that. Well we I, I should I should have recorded your introduction, the Bruce Buffer. That <laughs> it's that, dude, what are they gonna do when Bruce retires? Like he's one of a kind. I hear you. I hear you. I appreciate it, man. Very, very thoughtful. Um, it is, like you said, it is a very interesting relationship, you know, with people you have, like, that are in your training regiment, right? You know, it's like it's weird. you're able, when you're able to flip that switch, right, you're hugging somebody, you're laughing, you're shooting the shit, you're trying to murder each other for three <laughs> minutes or five minutes or six minutes, and then you go right back to shooting the shit. And it's, it really is an interesting dynamic, but... I think that's a whole part of the philosophy of what Matt Serra is all about, which is making good people dangerous, you know? Right. Right? That's that's what we do. We have a very positive environment in the gym. We go into some gyms, and I'm not, I'm not here putting them down, but some gyms, like everybody's coming in, they're mean mugging, you know, it's a competition amongst everybody. That's not what we have going on. We, we, have, we have a cult. We have a very good cult. <laughs> We have a good family, a good environment, um, and like you said, they're just positive vibes radiating because if, you know, Matt's there, he's having a good time, now we're all having a good time. I'm there, I'm having a good time, we're having a good time. We might be punching each other, we might be strangling each other, we're having a good time. That's what it's all about, man. That's what this journey is all about. I have a feeling, I'm not going to put words in your mouth, but I have a feeling that's why you got pulled back in a little bit because we have such a positive environment in there, you know? Like attracts like. I don't know if you've heard that, but it's like positive attracts positive, negative po- uh, attracts positive. I remember being at a job where it's like the gossip, the chit-chatty, the behind-the-back stuff, was, and I was like... They would try to gossip to me, and I was like, "I was like, mm, have you ever talked to Mike, or have you ever talked to Joe? And they're like, no, why would I do that? I go, because then like, you would stop gossiping. The Sarah Jiu-Jitsu cult, the clan, the team, the gang, it's the healthiest gang in the world. It's literally like making nice people, good people, dangerous. Cal could be a douche. But <laughs> but Marcus, everybody else, and I'm kidding, Cal, I love you, brother. No, it's okay. I hate Cal. It's okay to hate Cal. <laughs> I, tell I, I hate him, but I will come in to the gym and cut weight with him for an hour because wow. I hate him, but I'm there for him. So, yeah. <laughs> I tell my wife all the time, you and Cal are like older and younger brother. Like, uh, like, like. Actually, I'm his daddy. I'm his daddy. <laughs> That's on record. Amazing. All right, Cal, you have the blood. The blood test is in. The father is done. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Um, yeah, man. Uh, uh, before uh, this is just flowing. Uh, what is it about Matt that makes it such a 
just a wonderful place to be. And when you step in those doors, the whole world's behind you, and now it's a new beginning each and every time. Uh, what is it about Matt and the Sarah family as a total? What is it about the Sarahs that make it a, such a special academy? That's that's a great way to put it, right? When you step in there, the whole you know the whole world outside the doors, man. I find myself, you know, if I'm in between sessions. Or if I'm just, you know, I have downtime in the gym. There's not that much of it, but when I do have downtime, if I'm just sitting on the wall, I'm walking around, and I'm just like, you know, you just you have those moments of self-reflection where you're just like, man, I'm just I'm just in a basement on the side of a hill in Huntington right now. But this is my favorite place in the world. This is this is where the magic happens. Not to be cheesy about it. Um, and there's two things. There's two very important things. I know. I'm, I know myself. I know I'm gonna ramble. So I'm gonna establish now that my answer to that question has two parts. Okay. The first part is that um, Matt actually said this when him and Longo went on the Sharp Show a couple of months ago. And I got to check that out. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was great. He he gave me a little shout out there. It was right before one of my fights. Um, but Matt, he literally he says word for word, my secret to success. Is if I'm having a good fucking time, everybody's having a good fucking time, and that's it. He comes in, he brings positive energy. You know, it. You can't be in a bad mood when Matt Sarah's teaching some teaching, a teaching a standing umpalada. Okay, just to pull something crazy out there, right? That's not always that, obviously. But it doesn't matter what he's teaching. We could be doing. We could be doing uh, a mount escape. We could be doing an arm lock. We could be doing. Um, a guard pull. Yes, even if Beethoven is pulling guard, I'm happy because the energy that that guy brings is unbelievable. And he doesn't tolerate any negativity in the environment. He doesn't tolerate toxic people. Now, there are times when me being 23, you know, being a dumbass little kid that don't know nothing, there are times when I kind of, my first reaction is like, I don't know about that. But I trust him, obviously, and I recognize his position, and I know that he knows, you know. And then as time moves on, the answer kind of reveals itself as to why this guy did what he did. And he sees it before you see it, if that makes sense at all. Oh, my God. So uh, I was trying to get on the the February 3rd card with you. I thought it would be really cool to, like, like, just grind with you. And then Matt says, not this, maybe the next. And I was frustrated, but the answer revealed itself. I got two newborns. I'm busy. That's right. Wow. Christmas week hits. I just down ice cream. I kind of fall off a cliff a little. Climbing back up now. Climbing back up. But I was like, and I tell my wife, I said, Matt knows better. <laughs> Tommy said, trust the process. Trust, trust in Matt. It was right. 100%. Well, I don't know if Matt knew that your wife was pregnant. Maybe he did. I don't know. He knew. He knew. Like, I, I, he was like, uh, I think he asked how old I was, and I was like, yeah, I also got kids. He's like, you got kids? And he's like, and I think he did the, did the math. And I was like, I hear you. I hear you. I think a part of it is also, you know, this is not me putting you down in any way, shape, or form. At all. At all. Just getting that out there. But a lot of people say they want to fight. And I'm not saying that you weren't authentic or credible, but a lot of people say they want to get fight until they go through a fight camp. A lot of people say they want to get fight until they have that real shitty sparring session where nothing is working and you are just trying to survive for three rounds or five rounds, whatever it is. Um, Now, I'm not saying that that always weeds everybody out. You know, sometimes people find themselves through that, but... You know, and myself included, by the way, I'm included in this. I very, I very specifically remember December of 2022. Right? Hang on, I gotta do some math in my head now. Might be December of 2021. Okay. No, that can't be right because. While Tom figures out his dates, make sure you pick up merch. Hit up the Beethoven. Hit up his father. What's your father's Instagram? Joey. Joey Deej, D-E-E-G, 13. Hit up his father on Instagram. Hit up Tommy on Instagram. Get some fresh merch, right? It, it is available? Oh, absolutely. Let's it go. It hit is. It. Um, these are the first shirts I made. These are awesome. We've got a few of these left. Um, and then from my next fight, you know, there is going to be... 
a lot bigger and better things coming with the not obviously we have the upcoming fight february 3rd but once we get beyond that um uh, i try not to look too far ahead you know because i got to deal with what's in front of me obviously i've got an opponent in front of me i've got to take care of business but that being said after february 3rd there's bigger things in the horizon like i i actually i said this right at the beginning of the year 2024 is going to be pivotal you know whichever direction it moves in this is going to be the year that dictates my future in this business whether that's positive or negative or maybe not even as binary as that but whichever direction this moves in we're going to find out in 2024 and we'll find out what Beethoven's made of not to be cheesy but we are it's exciting it's exciting um before we get to your fight more important matters you know how long I've been staring at this shirt and I just caught this week that uh, Beethoven has cauliflower? Like, I was like, that's incredible. <laughs> oh, yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, man. February 3rd, Combat at the Space, Lou Negles, Ray Longo, Westbury, New York. Get your tickets. Hit up Tom. Hit up Tom's dad, Joey. Get your tickets. Get your merch. February 3rd is going to be amazing. I did a little research of your opponent. Um Kickboxing, a lot of kickboxing matches. Actually, I, I'm going to stop you right there. And actually, there's been a development in my fight. And that's that. If I, I'm not fighting that guy anymore. Okay. So, yeah, the, what I, I was told from, from Munkin, you know, from I was told from the promotion of medical issues. It's not really my place to ask questions beyond that. No. The point is, this happens I'm a not lot in that guy anymore. I'm actually rematching my very first opponent. Okay. What uh what date was that? What uh That was the very first fight, June twenty fourth. Okay, I was there as well. I was there as yeah. well. So we did that Oh, you were very close with the rear nakeds, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I did I did I did get there. Um had had some trouble finishing there. That was see that was that was a, a bit of a oh moment for me because I had been doing jujitsu wearing my MMA gloves, obviously. Okay. But I had not I had never had my hands properly wrapped before, right? You know, when you have your hands wrapped, when you wrap them yourself with your, 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 you know, the regular wraps, the reusable wraps, when you have your hands, when Edwin cracks your fingers and you put your hand on the chair and he puts the real tape and wrap on your hand and then they got the MMA glove over it, I was like, geez, like, these, these things feel like bricks, you know? So, um, the mechanics Tough there, to get in. Yeah. <laughs> tough to get in. Obviously, I've come a long way in my jiu-jitsu since last June, uh, so I have a lot of confidence that if I find myself in that position, that there will be a finish this time. But I think that and I'd, punches, right? Yeah, and so that's the other thing, right? Let's go. We fought the first time; it was novice MMA. This fight is going to be advanced. Yes, this fight advanced amateur MMA. There's, we, look, this is MMA. We strictly adhere to whatever rules we make up on the spot. All right, that's some quoting shell piece on him. Anyways, <laughs> the point is that this fight, ground and pound, will be legal. Um, but regardless of that, I know that I have gone levels since that first experience when uh, Clayton McDaniel and I fought. Uh, and, you know, we went three rounds. I lost top control a couple of times. You know, I wasn't really in a bad position, but I did end up being on my back and my guard, which was obviously not where I wanted the fight to go. Um had difficulty finishing an arm, a couple of arm lock attempts and the rear naked choke. Um, but again, I, I know how much I've grown since then. I know how much my jiu-jitsu has developed. I know how much my striking has developed. Um, so at the end of the day, and this is not me talking bad about him in any way, shape, or form. But, you know, when I first found out that I had to fight somebody for the second time, I wasn't enthusiastic about it. You know, you always want new challenges. You always want to keep moving forward. But at the end of the day, we got to take care of business. You know, Ring of Combat, Lou Neglia is my promotion because Matt, my guy, says this is where we're going to fight. This is the way we're going to come up. This is how we're going to do it. So I say, okay. They say this is the guy you got to fight. I say, okay. There really isn't that much more to it, you know. Um... One thing that I've definitely grown to know as a person, not just as a fighter or a wrestler or blah, blah, blah. One thing I've grown to learn as a person is to really, even if you have those initial doubts, those initial second guesses, 
to just put your faith in, you know, the people that you're putting your faith in, right? Because a lot of times you put your faith in someone as a coach, as a, a boss, as a mentor, and while you hold that philosophy, you still sometimes in the day-to-day -day things, you find yourself asking questions, but then that's not really adhering to the philosophy. If, if you follow what I'm saying? Kind of, kind of. Like, trust the, trust your leaders and and stick to it. Don't kind of drift at all. Like, if yeah. you're trusting in somebody, so trust in them. It's one thing to say, I trust this guy. But then you have to practice trusting somebody. Gotcha. You have to, I sound like a relationship counselor right now, but trust is something that you have to do every day and work on and blah, 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 so and so. But in all seriousness, right, when I first found out that the original opponent was out and I now had to rematch the fight, I had a very weird whirlwind of emotions about it. Um, but I was like, this doesn't make sense. Why do I have to fight this guy again? Bam, bam, bam. And Matt's like, Matt's like, oh, what's the problem? Take care of business. That's it. Okay. We're taking care of business. You know, that's it. It's good. Less, less, less overthinking on you. Less stress on your shoulders, especially to have a leader like Matt who's like, let's go. Let's go. Keep moving yeah, forward. That's it. You're right. Keep Let's the go. show moving. And I think the show and the symphony will keep moving. February 3rd, Combat at the Space. Again, get your tickets. Hit up Tommy. Hit up his dad, Joey. Um, man, I I've said this to at least four people. You know, I think you are going to be just a completely new lethal weapon with strikes on the floor. It's like, dude, with your ready... D1 grappling in your jujitsu game, knocking on the door of purple belt. Let's go. Come on. Are we knocking on the door of purple belt or what? Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. I trust in the powers that be. Right, I'll, right, wear, right. I'll wear a blue knock belt. Knock it. You're knocking. You're knocking. I'll wear, I'll wear a blue belt for the rest of my life, man. Nobody has to answer, but you're knocking. You're it's knocking. Not, it's not about that. Seriously. <laughs> like, there's a whole there's a whole lot of stigma about that. You know, I go, this guy got a belt. I remember. I remember being a white belt, being a white belt, and I was just like, this fucking bullshit, man. I'm tapping, I'm tapping, I'm tapping out these blue belts. I'm tapping out these blue belts. I'm competing. I'm beating everybody. And then I realized it's not about that, yeah. man. I've, I've been, I've, I've had my ass handed to me right. by everybody from white to black at different points, right? And you can't take the roles in the gym as... You're not supposed to like be like, oh, this guy was a purple belt and we were in a neutral position for three and a half <laughs> minutes. And it's like, dude, what are you doing, man? Right, right. You're getting way too caught up in the wrong things. And I'm not saying that's what you're doing. No. But, you know, I've just really just you learned up. to sort of detach my mind from that. You know, when Matt, you know, I, 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 I train in the gi two or three times a week and my jiu-jitsu game doesn't involve the gi at all. Right, I'm I'm fighting, um, in MMA. I came from wrestling. I'm in fighting, you know. So I my jiu-jitsu is morphed around. What am I going to do when I'm fighting? But I still train in the gi. I look at the gi grips as another set of challenges I have to yeah. face. Right, if I can make my things happen while still dealing with this guy's grips defensively, and then on the other side of it, if this guy's trying to choke out my collar, right, can I still? defend that and still get up and get out and get my wrestle up going or get my bottom game going all those things you know so my my jiu-jitsu while i obviously i love my jiu-jitsu because it's my jiu-jitsu you know but while my jiu-jitsu game is it's grown so much since i was just a wrestler trying to get on top of people you know it's grown a lot uh, I don't. I I went from just like I went from the mind frame of I'm never gonna be underneath somebody. So why do I need? To? Yeah, okay, guy, nice job. Um, but I went from there to just trying to figure out how to stay on top, and then I went from there to understanding that you know, just because there was a takedown, right? You landed on top, I landed on bottom. We're still scrambling, man. My wrestling's gotten so much better because of jiu-jitsu because I've learned oh, wow. not to just accept. The position as soon as a knee hits the floor. You know what I mean? Yeah. The scrambles have developed a lot. Um, my bottom game jiu-jitsu, just my overall jiu-jitsu has really developed a lot 
but at the same time, it's so incomplete. It's so, so, so incomplete because while I do have a bottom game, there's there's a couple things, man. I'm doing a couple things. I'm doing those couple things pretty well, but I'm still just doing a couple of things, you know? So in the vast and infinite sphere that is jiu-jitsu, if you will, to put it that way, you know, I've really only started to scratch the surface. Um, and because of the nature of what I'm doing, because I'm fighting, I'm preparing for MMA, you know, I don't necessarily, as I prepare for fights, I spend the first few weeks in sort of like an R&D, like when I'm not in camp or I spend the first yeah, yeah, few yeah. weeks of camp, I'm in more of an R&D phase. You know, I'm open to everything. I'm liberal. I'm open-minded. Up is down. Male is female. Gender is a social <laughs> construct. All that crap. Okay. <laughs> I'm open to anything. I'm going to try anything. I'll do it. You know? K-Guard, inverted, Aoki, like whatever. You know? You good? Yeah. I love, I love You're sneaky funny. <laughs> but yeah, you know, all that stuff. Um, stuff that I wouldn't consider part of my repertoire. That's when I'm most open to it. That's when you're going to find me most often. I'm um, playing off my back. You're going to find me, you know, trying the very thing that we worked on in class that day. That's when I'm in that phase. But then as I get to like eight weeks, six weeks out from a fight, I start really dialing in on the guard passing, on the wrestling up, on the position where I can posture up and start getting that ground and pound going. And then as we get like four, three weeks out, then I'm really specifically thinking about my game plan, you know, so you kind of have to be able to, you have to be able to take what's being taught in class when you're at that point in fight camp with a little bit of a grain of salt, right? Register it, remember it, but then it's, you know, I'm not going to add a lot of stuff I learned at that time into my repertoire right away, you know? There are some things that, like, you just see them somebody shows them in class, you start drilling it, and you just know right away it's meant for you. Uh, I'll give you an example. Sean Levy, uh, who's a great guy. I love the guy. He's very personable. He's very... He, when he teaches, he doesn't make things complicated. He's just very straightforward. He's very personable about it, too. Um, and we've been... In his classes, he's been teaching a lot of shoulder crunch stuff. Now, the shoulder crunch has never really worked for me traditionally. I just have a very hard time getting there from the bottom. I've been working on it though. But as we're drilling shoulder crunch and he's doing like what's called a choy bar, which is where you have to shoulder crunch and then you use a butterfly guard to sort of regain your position and you put your shin in front of the guy's face, but then your leg comes over and now your legs are through the hips and you have like kind of an inverted arm lock thing going on. But while... None of that, like that exact sequence has probably never happened for me in a round. Being in that position, I found myself, when I was drilling a rear triangle from that position, I found myself in an almost identical position when I was on somebody's back with a Kimura on one arm. And I was like, hey, wait a minute, you know, I can make this happen here. And that was like, I think the first time I ever actually hit a rear triangle in training. And then once I found that, I was getting them a lot. Okay. Not that like, and again, that whole setup from the back with the shoulder crunch and the butterfly guard and the toy bar, not something you'll probably see happen in the fight. Not something I'm really even successfully doing in the gym. But because we drilled that and we were in that position, I sort of found a different way to set up, uh, finish or to improve my position from having a Kimura, being on somebody's back with the power half, which I'm in all the time. It's a very wrestling and jiu-jitsu hybrid position there and i rambled on a little bit there but and i don't it's weird how we kind of got there from that whole purple belt thing but the whole thing that i the whole point that i wanted to make is that what we're doing is just so vast there's just so much going on and you can't just show up to class and you know hope that things will get better, right? You do need to keep showing up. That is 100% part of the process, but that's like the bare minimum. You know what I mean? You need to be, you need to have a plan. You need to be asking questions. You need to be registering. 
Like, I'm in this position. What's going on from here? Um, all those things. And I just, I feel that once I, and this, I felt this way about my wrestling, about my fighting, about my jiu-jitsu. Once I've been able to be in the moment, that's when the best thinking happens. When you're in your own head trying to think, that, that ain't working out. For me, at least. Mm-hmm. I'm my own worst enemy, as some people say. Um, but when you're really in that moment and you're focused on what's in front of you, as cheesy as it sounds, that's when things really start coming back to you. Like when you try to look back and think about things, sometimes you're just you're not pulling anything out of the out of the files. But when you're in the moment and you're focused, your mind starts making those connections. Like, oh, I remember this position, or oh, I remember, you know, working on this thing, or like, oh, from here, it's my foot. Can I get my foot behind? Or you start actually thinking about if I get my foot behind this head, where can I go from there? I'm, I'm, you know, creating examples here a little bit, but. You mentioned The Matrix earlier. I'm assuming you've seen the movie then. Oh, my God. It's my favorite movie. It's, it's a great movie. People can't see, but I, I, I painted the wall all black and did little green streaks. That my, oh, wife awesome. let, my wife let me go crazy down here. She goes, do whatever you want. So. That's awesome. <laughs> but what, scene, what's your example? Scene in the, the scene in the rooftop. The jump. Or, or before, the fight. Before the jump. When, oh. when Neo and what's the girl's name? Trinity. Yeah, when Neo and Trinity are fighting the agent, and then all of a sudden Neo realizes how much faster he is, where he realizes, like, yes, when he starts, like, blocking the strikes like this, and he just kind of, like, has that moment where he's, like, stepping to the side and looking at himself. Right, right, great example. When I find that, when I get into that zone with my grappling, and it's a hallway, not, not a roof. I'm sorry, I'm a Matrix nerd. No, you're good. It's in the hallway when he's, like, Hand behind the back, right? He goes hand behind the back, and he starts like, with Agent Smith, piece piecing the bullets and stuff, looking at everything. So it's after he does the whole, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whatever that was. It's after he dodges the bullets, right? Uh, it might be. I think it's the last. I gotta rewatch it. I gotta rewatch it. But great example, great example, where he's like, he's just yeah, like yeah, watching. Yeah, that, that, that's the one. That's the one. When he's blocking and like looking at himself yep, doing yep, it. Yep. And the and the guy's trying to punch as hard as he can. Like trying yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Okay. Have you ever been grappling like with somebody really experienced? Um somebody like Joey Beans, for example. Somebody who's just really, really calm and they're not like they're not ex- they're not really doesn't they don't appear to be exerting any energy. They're just like <laughs> Calm yes. and yeah, 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 yeah. You're fighting for your life, and Joey you Beans. Can't, you can't do a thing, and every ounce of energy and direction you move, they just use it against you. Yes, beautiful. That's when, like, you learn that jiu-jitsu is kind of like a freaking superpower, man. When you get really advanced at it, when you've spent enough time doing it, that you're able, and this is what this is the second half of it. Maybe not a half, but you know what I mean. This is the other part of it is the mental state that you're in you can show up to class every day for 15 years you can have the coral belt or whatever it's called right okay that's right i take that back i take that back okay you can show up to class every day you can be a black belt but you know there's a saying there's black belts and then there's black belts right okay so you could be around this process long enough to be a purple or a brown or a black belt but you may not be a successful competitor or I'm not saying you have to be a competitor, but you may not, you you may not be that able to handle people if you're not able to also have not maybe in a competition, but a competitive mindset where you're able to look at someone and not be threatened by anything that is that they're going to do. Okay. Okay. If you maintain the position that you're in, and you have knowledge of what it is that they can do to you from that position. And then you understand they're not going to succeed in doing any of those things to me because you have confidence in your defense and you have confidence in your knowledge of what they're going to throw at you. This is where, like, the game slows down, right? And I can relate to this more in wrestling than I can in jiu-jitsu, obviously, but jiu-jitsu helped me learn this about my wrestling, right? 
So I'm standing. I've got a guy in front of me, okay? I'm, I'm thinking about where my hands are. I know that if we have this and this or if we have this and this, I know what he can do. Right? He might, be, he might just throw something at me from the open. But generally speaking, if he, do, if he does things technically correct, I have a pretty good idea of all of his options for attacks. And if I'm aware of where my legs are, I have confidence in my ability to defend it. And when you have confidence in your ability to defend and you have a grasp on the knowledge of what your opponent can do, there aren't really any threats anymore. That's like Floyd in boxing, right? Nobody can touch him. He's like, I see a sparring. He's like talking to people while he's defending. Like Talking to people while he's defending. Like being able to maintain that relaxation and that composure, I believe, comes from knowing what your opponent can do okay. and knowing that you can defend it. Okay. I like it. Nobody's actually broken that down. Not even Rogan. Not even Schaub. That's a beautiful way to look at it, like defensively. It, is that the thing I'm that you? I'm saying this out loud for the first time now. By the way, I'm thinking out loud here, dude. That's the best part of like recording. Sometimes you don't realize there's things right, that you can right, pull right. out. It's like, um, do you try to shore up your defense before moving forward to your offense? Like, even if you find a fun, oh, I like this hook. Oh, I like this kick. Like, do you want to look at where you're dropping your hand first or how you're going to recover? Like, how, what's your process you're of getting picking? A, you're getting a little bit outside my wheelhouse here. You know, I'm still very amateur in the world of striking. Okay, okay. So then let's bring it to grappling. Say you like the, 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 oh, what, it's not the crowbar. What'd you just call it? The shoulder uh, crunch? Choy bar. Yeah, again, not choy bar. I'm very. Not something I'm very familiar with, just a specific example of a position we drilled, and then I found something else I could do from there. And are you, and now are you, you're like playing around with it. It's a new toy, right? A little bit, a little bit. Are you looking at the defense like, oh my God, if I overcommit on the, the butterfly, uh, if I overcommit on the, I might fall off the submission? Like, are you thinking that, or are you thinking like, oh my God, like I'm going to snatch this up as soon as I grab it? Like, I think that my, like, it's interesting to hear how people's minds... Well, I think of it as more like principles, right? There are certain principles I need to follow in order to not put myself in a bad position. And again, in jiu-jitsu, I'm, I'm still really... I can speak on this more so in wrestling because I have much more experience in wrestling. But um, it's about being in a position... And again, this is more, I'm speaking very generally here. I believe it applies to everything. I just don't, I certainly don't have that depth of knowledge in striking, and I don't believe I have it in jiu-jitsu either. I believe I'm starting to scratch it in wrestling. But what I'm referring to is I would consider you a black belt in wrestling. I'm sorry? I would consider you a black belt in wrestling. Matt has actually said that. I agree me. with that. Right, if they, if they had belts and wrestling, it'd be black belt. Yeah. I think that the fact that I wrestled for 10 years and, you know, I took a technical approach, a thoughtful approach to it for when I was in college and, you know, I've been doing, uh, the entire time I was wrestling in college, I was doing private lessons like three to five times a week minimum with Gregor Gillespie. So, like, Ooh. I was just like, you know, I, I love Gregor. Gregor is... Gregor's insane. Gregor's the most insane person I've ever met in my life, but his technical insights are really just unbelievable. And the way he gets in-depth about certain things is, like, again, this is what I'm talking about. Like, something as simple as me putting my hand on the back of your neck, he's, in the blink of an eye, he'll lay out for you every possible scenario that can arise from me putting my hand on the back of your neck, depending on which leg is forward, depending on how far back my ass is, depending on how heavy I'm leaning into you, depending on whether your arm is over mine, under mine, on my elbow, on my bicep, on the other side of my head. He just has an answer for that. That is, I think, an example of not just black belt level knowledge, but con confidence in the game and just the highest levels of knowledge is when, and we're, we're digging a little too deep here, I think. But the point that I wanted to make is that. I, you know, I actually thought about this, though. So there's going to be some people who tune into this that want to hear that. 
like uh, specifically your mortal enemy Eric. Like it, it, <laughs> he'll definitely want to hear about like this this depths and stuff because he is uh, a beautiful thinker as well. And I, it's like I don't think too many people they scratch the surface, but they don't go deeper on these like breakdowns. And you, you're putting it beautifully. I mean, but. To bring it all the way back, my, my before the purple belt thing, that that kind of drifted everything. <clears throat> I think you're a new animal with the strikes on the ground. That's my point. So one time, sorry. I think you're a new animal with the strikes on the ground, the ground and pound. I, I believe so. Oh my yeah. god, oh my god! Huh. Uh, imagine just watching Khabib in UFC if he couldn't punch, people would hate him. But it's like punching have opened up the chokes. Punching that made the TKOs. Yeah, like right. I've been, I, I I've watched a lot of Khabib's fights. And <sighs> I, I, I picked some things up for him. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll say it out here for the world. I don't care. I get, a, I get a double leg, right? If I get onto my hip, I have your legs together. I step over. I get that figure four, right, where I figure four both legs. That, yeah, that, I, I, I had that. <laughs> I had that for a little bit in the third round in my last fight, actually. But that position, I love that position. Aljo... Does it a lot, right? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It, okay, it, it's not. This is this isn't earth shattering here. This is a very common. <laughs> this, this is a very common position. Controlling the legs while still freeing your hands up, right? And in pure jujitsu, it's not very effective because you can't do much from that position, right? Because my uh, legs are so far back that it's like a know, punching all I position. Can really do is con- try to control your hands with my hand. But once I can get some posture, I can start a little salt and pepper there. Now you're bringing your hands up. Now my knees are up. I'm in mount. I'm under your arms. That's where the system starts progressing. Amazing. I'm, I'm expecting in the, your best performance coming up. Like, seriously. Like, oh, I, I, without a doubt. I, I believe so, too. I, I said this before my last fight. Um, that was a great. That was if you if they ever do like Rocky music when uh, on our first interview, you were like you laid it out like three minutes straight. You're like my opponent will not get a second of control time when you look back. Like I don't know, maybe I'll put together like an editing or something. I think I I, I do believe I adhere to that. There was yeah. there was in the second round, and it pissed me off because I think people were like, "Come on, just just like just finish him." But you're like, "Ah, I have to adhere to this rule set." Yeah, believe yeah. me, I want to hit this guy. You could have had a whole conversation with Matt through the cage. Yeah, yeah I did. Well, actually, <laughs> so well, there's a couple things I want to get back to, but while we're on that, note, <laughs> right? There were a couple of times in both my fights where I, I took the guy down, I had him on the ground, and I was right in my corner. So I'm looking up and I'm talking. I'm like, Matt is like showing me what he wants me to do right then and there, which is awesome. <laughs> and then at one point in the last fight, I forget what round it was in, but as I took him down, I look up and I'm like, we're in his corner, and I'm just, I'm just staring at, the, I'm just staring at his coach now, and he's just looking at me like, what the, what the fuck are you looking at me for? <laughs> but that, that was a funny little moment there. Oh my gosh! But what I, what I did want to say, am I cutting you off? No, no, no. I was like, I was like, I hope you have something else to say. I was going to take a drink, pause, and think of something. <laughs> well, what I did want to say was that in the second round of my last fight, I believe, yes, it was the second round. Um, I was in half guard, and I was we had the shin guards on, so it's a little bit difficult to to knee cut through that position. So I was having a little bit of right, di- no shin guards now, right? Yeah, no shin guards. Woo! No shin, no shin guards. Punches to the head and body on the floor. I, I th- okay, you're going to think I'm crazy? Um, I'm sorry, now I'm cutting you off. No, um, you're good. I think this is kind of cool to see how you do against the same opponent. With the same, uh, or same opponent, new rules. There's your hashtag. <laughs> yeah, I, I hadn't thought about it that way, but, you know, you're right. Yeah, you're right. Um, you know, I have been focusing solely on the fact that, um, you know, I get to, I get to st- work strikes on the floor. But now, you know, you have to consider in the fact that this guy might be chopping at my legs all day as I try to come forward and wrestle him. You know, we got no shin guards on now. So I, I, have, I haven't thought about it in that way, but I have been preparing myself for no shin guard, right? I've been kicking the bag and just literally not even like, like the, the most beautiful, technically perfect kicks, just chopping my leg against the bag until my shins are raw and red. You know, just preparing myself for that, trying to condition my shins a little bit. Favola, actually, the steamroller. He told me 
just find the hardest part of the bag and just kick it over and over and over again. They don't have to kick it that hard. Just keep kicking it. Matt's the man. Law MMA are the people. Sarah Jiu-Jitsu is the academy. Tell me some of the... We actually ran into each other at MSG. Uh, I think it was right after Nas's fight. Yes. Um, obviously wasn't an overall sweeping performance for the guys with Matt, Dennis, Nas. We would like it to go win, 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 WWW 3-0 on the night. Fight bonuses for all. Everybody's happy. Um, didn't go as planned, but moving forward, you know, there's been highs of highs. Chris Weidman on Long Island is just like an all-time crazy moment. Obviously, Chris Weidman winning the title. Al against Khabib going five rounds at Barclays. Al Jermaine Sterling in New Jersey beating the Olympic gold medalist. Like we've we've had our times. You got to take the the losses with the wins, of course. Uh, what I wanted to ask you is, how have you molded into the uh, the professional fighters, the UFC guys, like, uh, uh, I don't know, training-wise. I've seen you on social, like, taking pics, just had a good sparring session, taking pics, you, Matt, Nas. Like, how'd you get so uh, welcomed into the crew so quickly? Um, I mean, that's that's something I, I ask myself a lot. <laughs> you know, like, these guys just, I specifically remember the first time I ever trained with Nas, and Nas, by the way, the reason I was at MSG was because Nas uh, gave me one of the tickets that he gets, you know, from the UFC, and the reason he gave me that ticket was because I had been doing, I've been doing his puke drills for the past two fights, but I had also been, um, which was the coolest experience ever, like, he kept thanking me, I'm like, stop thanking me, thank me, thank you, I was, the week I turned 23, actually, I was in the fighter hotel, all week, you know, working out with Nas, working out with Dennis and Vol a little bit too, but I was mostly there for Nas. Your dad talked to me about that. He yeah, goes, yeah. Do you I, see my son? I go, what happened? He's like, he's on the mats with them. He goes, so freaking cool. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, it's incredible. Your dad was, was so, incredible. so proud of you. I'm shaking hands with DC. I'm in an elevator. Really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm in an elevator with Mackenzie Dern staring down at my phone, scared shitless. Um... Yeah, I think oh, she's I, single. What was I? I think she's single. <laughs> Calculator app was going off, <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, it was it was a really cool experience to be there. Like, I, we were we were doing a workout in the same room as Yuri Prohovska at one point. Yeah, it was pretty. It, it was it was a really cool experience. A really cool experience. Um, like. But but how'd you get? Uh, how what they just say you like join the like? How? Well, what happened was one of the first times I've been to law was when I went to pick up my tickets for my first fight. I go there, I pick up my tickets, and you know I say hello to the guys that I know, to the guys that have been at Sarah's. Uh, Shout out Steve Lee. Yeah, Stephen Lee. He's the man. Yeah, exactly the first guy I, t- I spoke to when I went there. Uh, Stephen Lee couple of other guys and then Nas is doing a workout with Eric Heyer and shout out to Eric he's the man Yeah, and he's getting ready to fight Terrence McKinney who's got McKinney's just a problem you know McKinney was the guy that uh, knocked out Favola in like 7 seconds F- fluke of a fight but still you know he he had a war with Drew Dober uh, he's Armin Tastrukian yeah, yeah he's, he beat up a bunch of people you know he's a dangerous guy he's got a lot of finishes but Nas was getting ready to fight Terrence McKinney. And he's literally, he's just, he's sitting on one of those like old bags that are next to the cage. He just got done hitting pads with hire. And he's just like, let's wrestle, let's wrestle. I'm like, okay. Not not like right then and there, but he's like, you know, he's like, I'm going to reach out and come in and we'll do some workout. You know, we'll do some wrestling. I want to work on some chain wrestling and stuff. So... We did, you know, I taught him a couple things, like single leg finishes on the mat, transitioning from the double back into the single, all that kind of stuff. And we do that, and then he asked me to come in for his puke drill, and funnily enough, a puke drill is something that a fighter does in camp, myself included, but doing other guys' puke drills, specifically Nas and Favola, has been sort of my, that has been my insertion into 
the mix with those guys a little bit. Has anybody actually puked? <laughs> I was sick. <laughs> like I woke up and threw up, and I was like, "Fuck! Like I, I can't, I can't cancel." You know, because again, I'm just so grateful to be in the mix with these guys. You know, so I was like, "Fuck!" I really, I laid it. I was supposed to be at the gym for a workout at four o'clock, uh, and I'm just like, "Fuck!" I'm dead. I laid in bed, just drinking ginger ale and eating crackers all day, just trying to settle my stomach. I get in there, wrestled like shit. I was so sick, so tired, but made it through the workout, and then finally sneak off into the locker room and start puking. But the guy, oh my God. the guy, the wrestler that comes in isn't supposed to be the one puking. <laughs> but in that specific case, I was, I did end up puking. But I've never seen the the puke the puke the puke <laughs> actually end up puking. But the whole reason we call it that drill is just because it's just exhausting, man. You are just maximum output for the entire length of the fight. Uh, yeah, i seen you do it with uh, Ricky and Sarah, uh, Brian uh, yep. at the gym. I was like, I think I was just doing a bicep curl. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. I was like, no, thank you. Um, but I, I wanted to jump on. It's funny that Matt kind of brought you into the mix, got you started. Matt, steamroller for Vola. Yes. Uh, can't wait to see his next fight. Maybe Atlantic City, March 30th. Chris Weidman, Dennis Bazookia, maybe Matt for Vola on that card. Uh, Atlantic awesome. City is going to be amazing. I'm trying. Uh, I'm trying. One way or another, I want to I wanna be at that fight. You know? Of course. Whether of course. I, whatever it is, I'm, I would really love to see that fight, especially if Chris is going to fight. You know, because you... But realistically speaking, he's only gonna fight so many more times. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Chris. I'm not telling you to retire. Don't kick the shit out of me. All right. <laughs> but he, he's only gonna fight so many more times. You know. You so see I, his I cartwheel. Really love to see him. You see his cartwheel on social media with the Aljamain Sterling video. I was like, dude. I was like, is he a gymnastic? Like, is he? Like, I was like, I was like, all right, Chris. I was like, you got, you got some. Uh, Chris is a legend, man. Of course, of course. I mean, um, but uh, with Frivola. And Chris as well, and you as well. I've kind of told you this. I'm pretty sure I told you this. Captain qualities. Like people who, they don't look at somebody like, oh, who's that guy over there? They're watching me. They're like, no, no. They'd rather put their arm around you, shake your hand, train with you to get to know you, see what you're about. That's a captain quality Matt has, Chris has, obviously, and you have. And uh, You have told me this, and I appreciate that. Yeah, man. You're, you're young beyond your... your what was it? You're older beyond your years. Like you have a very like, you're very professional about your craft. And sometimes that takes people till they're 27, till they're 30, till they have kids to to kind of wake up and smell the coffee. Uh, you are, uh, yeah, you're wiser beyond your years. That's the hell the saying. So if we could spin it back, get deep psychologically, Dr. Phil, um, where does that come from? Is your dad, is your mom, uh, cousins, brothers, sisters? Like, where does this professionalism, like, come from? Like, it, it really is uh, respectable. So, um, I, well, like you said, you know, you brought up my dad. My dad, my dad really raised me right, man. My dad made me, my dad showed me what work ethic is. My dad showed me, and he in practice as a father, taught me that you get things because you earn them. That's the only way you get something, because you earn it. I always say hard work pays off. Right, right. Yeah. So, obviously, there's that. But in terms of um, the manner at the gym, right, let's, let's look at it this way. I, 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 do, I, I do agree with you that I sort of have that captain role a little bit. And that's because well let's let's look at let's look at the fight team a little bit right for the last card it was me Marcus and Cal fighting now Marcus has had a couple more fights than I have but you know you've got young Cal like I said I'm his daddy um, but also right having that experience in college wrestling like everything like we have a regiment for everything there's a purpose for everything you know and especially because a lot of my training was doing private lessons with Gregor or getting workouts in on my own or I, I've, I've set up a lot of workouts on my own in my life 
And, you know, I had also come to realize that, hey, like, you know, this isn't a high school or college sport anymore. You don't have a coach that's up your ass sniffing, you know, all the time, making sure you're, you know, there's responsibility on you. So I came into that like, okay, you know, the puke drills have to get done. Uh, we need to work on striking today. Like, uh, this has to be worked on. You know, the conditioning, just so on and so on. All these, you look at the things that need improvement and the responsibility is on you, right? You have a coach that's there for you. You have people that will do things when you ask them, but the responsibility is on you. You know, I just, I never really questioned that. It was just kind of an automatic thing for me coming in from wrestling. Um, were you so, were you a captain or co-captain uh, at LIU? Not not really. You know, no, no. Honestly, um, did you I do did, something that was when, like when the coaches senior, like thank you? When I was a senior, a little bit, um, but we didn't have that kind of a tight knit team. We didn't have like that much of a family like team. Um, we got a fifteen minute buffer, folks. We did. We do. Um. So, yeah, we didn't have that tight-knit of a team. Now, listen, I'm not saying anything bad about the guys I wrestled with. I had a lot of great experiences there, a lot of great memories. Um, but we were, I, was, I was in the baby phases of a program. You know, the program had been bought back after it got cut from Title IX in the, eight, in the late 80s. You know, the program came back in, like, 2015. I graduated high school in 2018. And then my second year there, they're like, hey, we're D1 now, you know. So things were moving, changing very quickly. It was a lot of doing what we could with what we have, you know. Now. I'm sure you faced a lot of adversity that you learned, like uh, teammates or like unorganization and like even like feeling the, from the directors, like everything's new. So it's like that could trickle down to the athletes. So uh, I'm sure you handled it like a professional even back then. Yeah, I, I struggled with it a lot. Um, I could go down that rabbit hole a little bit, but since we're a little bit short on time, I'm not going to. But the point I wanted to get into is that coming in from wrestling, I just knew that there was a responsibility on myself to get these things done, you know? And I needed these guys to do it, and we needed each other. So I was just kind of like, all right, we're going to do this tonight, you know, make sure it happens. Um, And then it's funny you bring up Favola as the captain quality guy because... You know, a couple times a week, I get in the gym uh, before jiu-jitsu class with Marcus and Favola and a couple of other guys, and we do some kickboxing rounds. It's like, when Favola's not there, you know, I kind of, like, I take the reins. But when Favola's there, I'm like, what do you want to do? You know, like, I'm not right, right, right. I'm not telling him what to do. Amazing. Because, like, you, you sort of have that, um, yeah, you just, that dynamic is there where, like, it's always like, as corny as it sounds, whoever speaks up with the most confidence usually dictates the way things go. You know, I have yeah. no problem doing that. If the ball is around, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll take the back seat. Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's respect. It's a team. And it's a well-oiled machine that is the Saralongo fight team. Again, February 3rd, combat at the space. Bunch of killers. My boy, Donnie Arena. Tom DeGennaro going to be holding it down. I'm sure a bunch of others that I'm forgetting on that poster. And Sarah is going to be doing it. And Sarah, of course. Fight. This is actually a really cool thing and sort of just a testament to the family environment that Matt creates is that, you know, Matt, uh, Anne has had three kickboxing fights. You know, she, she, dude, I watch her hit pads. I've drilled with her before. I've sparred with her, like, because obviously you have a, uh, 180 pounds man and you have a much lighter female that we don't like spar spar but you know we move around and we throw like we'll throw and land just not like with a lot of power but those kicks come up quick man like she's dangerous she's really dangerous on her feet and she's also Matt Sarah's like that is just a nightmare of an opponent right an undefeated kickboxer <laughs> and Matt Sarah's wife well it's like I don't want to stand and bang with this girl. I don't want to take her down. What the hell do I do? Like, that's just a nightmare of an opponent. But it's really cool to see her venturing into MMA. Um, and just the fact that, like, you know, 
Matt has me working out with Anne. That Matt has me training his three daughters. It's just, it, it, it's such a extension of trust and respect family that he passes on to me that um not a day goes by where i take that for granted it's it's a really really powerful and amazing thing that we have going on there and i'm, I'm honored to be taking that captain role as and fights on that card it's a it's a family dynamic yeah uh, yeah like, for sure li- literally like and it's it's beautiful to see. We got about eight to ten minutes. Uh, I just have two more things I want to ask. You posted a photo recently of you in like one of those uh, fluorescent construction outfits. Oh yes, yes. You're a bigger boy. Yeah, you had a yeah, smirk on your that, face. That, that but... was uh, that was uh, that was on the bacon, egg, and cheese, and a six pack <laughs> of beer diet. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, it, you were falling into the like that happens a lot in the trades. It's hard work. And it's like you need kind of a decompression and like bad habits can form. But I'm glad you're and there's people who are widely successful. Obviously, my father's in a trade. I did construction from 16 to 21, picked it up after again. Like I I just did 18 months of a trade uh, before getting a new job. Like I respect the trades wholeheartedly. Um, My mother was a uh, first responder. Uh, and the Freedom Tower, like she's been on construction sites in the trailers and everything, like construction's in my blood. Dude, I respect you for following your heart or listening to your heart, following your passion. When I see you every time, I go, what's up, Tom? You say, living the dream. You don't say, same shit, different day. You say, living the dream. And I love that, brother. Talk to me, if you can, in a couple minutes about just that transition from the bacon egg and cheese six pack of beer to now redefine meals yeah so well it's 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 funny you bring up that living the dream thing because that comes from that's what comes from my last job like there were a couple of guys where you know you say how you doing and they would sarcastically be like living the dream but like for me, it serves as a little bit of a reminder, but it's like I'm actually living the dream now. Like, I have not gone to work in, I don't know, since the last time I bounced. Like, even after I left the trade, like, I, when I was bouncing, man, that sucked. And again, another great thing Matt has done for me, he was just straight up like, I don't want you doing that shit, man. I don't want you getting in trouble. And he gave me more ways to... um you know, support myself financially while being on the mats. Like, you know, sometimes my days get, like, kind of nuts where it's, like, run a class, private lesson, run a class, private Interview. lesson, train. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, you know, my days get nuts You're busy, like man. You're coaching. You're teaching. You're right. training. Oh, my God. God bless you, brother. So when my days get nuts like that, you know, matter and it's always like, Tommy, you know, don't, don't, you know, don't do too much. Make sure you're, you know, I'm like, this beats knocking down a wall any day this beats paving a road any day like it is so easy to put your energy and passion into something when you believe in it and that's what i learned in wrestling right you know you have to like i was waking up every day even when i struggle with things mentally right i was waking up and my life had purpose i was a division one wrestler and while i wasn't Top. I wasn't in a top team. I, like I, t- I, I told you the situation there. You know, I wasn't wrestling for Penn State. I wasn't an All American. It was. It was none of that. But just the fact that that's the lifestyle I was living. It gave me purpose. You know, and as you know how it is, like, and especially because uh, I didn't just work in the trade. I was. I worked in civil service in the trade. So a lot of it is, you know, getting through the day. Right. And that was just, that's just not the way I roll, you know? It's just, like, to not give my best effort into something d- didn't feel right. I couldn't just scratch something off the list and move on with my day. You know what I mean? It just it didn't sit well with me. And I struggled mentally for a really long time while doing that. Um, so I always say that, like, the grass is always greener on the other side until I got to this side. You know, I, I really, I don't look back. 
I know I do look back, obviously. I'm only human. I do look back. But, like, sometimes I look back and I say to myself, well, you know, I could have stayed at that job. And then I could have coached afterwards. And then I could have uh, bounced on the weekends. And I would have been able to, like, I would have been able to, like, make a bunch of money. And, you know, I would have built myself up for the future. But it was, like, to what end? You know? It's just having that all-in mindset and approach to college wrestling going to work and going to jiu-jitsu after a couple days a week it just didn't didn't scratch the ish man you know so i've gone all in i'm very lucky very fortunate very grateful to have the sarah family support me on this to have my father support me on this but i've gone all in man and like i said 2024 is going to be pivotal pivotal, pivotal. one way or the other one way or the other look man let's this you, you can't you can't fake it right you can't fake it i'm not gonna sit here and try to act all act like it's not a reality like i know the business we're in i could get i could take a head kick get dropped in front of 200 of my friends and family that's a real low man talk about the lowest of lows that's a real low that's a possibility that's the business we're in i'm prepared for that um you know you get the highs you get the lows that's the business we're in man but i will take that game over just milling it out any day of the week. This year is going to be pivotable, piv- pivotal, one direction or the other. We're going to find out where the symphony goes. And that's it. If you don't mind cutting another promo like you did last time for me, I really hey, appreciate on, it. Friend. Why are you going to win this fight? February 3rd, combat at the space. Why are you going to win this fight? Why am I going to win this fight? That's a heavy one, man. I mean, I'm going to win this fight because nobody spends more time on the math than I do. I'm going to win this fight because I get to live the lifestyle. But I'm also going to win this fight because, as I've said multiple times before, because the Sarah family makes so many things possible for me. And I'm also going to win this fight because of every single person, whether it's for themselves or for their kids, you know, parts ways with their hard-earned money to spend time with me so I can teach them something. The people that put that trust in me and the people that look up, look at me in that light, you know, that's a really powerful thing. So the fact that I get to do that, the fact that I'm training the way I'm training because my job is coaching, those people inspire me to be even better. Does that make sense? Yes. Whether it's the high school whether it's the high school team I coach, whether it's the kids at Sarah, whether it's the adults at Sarah, whether it's the kids at Savage Wrestling Academy, whether it's anybody. You know, you part ways with your hard earned money, you come to me because you believe in who I am and what I do, then I know that right Hey man. This whole this whole thing doesn't work, right? The coaching the private lessons, the lifestyle, that doesn't work if you're not winning, man. You gotta be you gotta be somebody they want to learn from. You gotta be somebody sought after. You're a man of the people. That's why I'm I'm happy to I appreciate that. Mix it up with you now before your fifty K follower, hundred K follower, all UFC down. I'm like, Tom, 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 are you there? <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be the one. <laughs> yeah. But I, uh, I believe in you, man. All those you. people believe in you. I believe in you, man. And February 3rd, Combat at the Space, Westbury, New York. You continue to prove that. If you guys want to learn before then, join Sarah Jiu-Jitsu Academy. If you got a young kid, Savage Wrestling. Yes. Uh, Tom's the man. Hit him up on Instagram. Uh, do you do privates? I do, do. I do private lessons. I do private lessons. He's got merch. Hit up his dad. Joey Deeg, 13. Joey Deeg, 13. Deeg, 13. Uh, let, me, let me check that. Let me check that before we plug it. <laughs> but if you hit me up, I'll put you in touch with him. Tom's dad's the man. Yeah, the he is. The Beethoven family are the men. It's Seriously. Joey, Joey Deeg, 13. D-E-E-G. Deeg. Okay. Joey yeah. Deeg, 13. Hit him up. Guys, Tom is the man. Seriously. I like Sincerely from my heart. Tom is the man. Really respect him highly. Like, uh, talk highly about him so much. See him as, like, a brother in arms. Also see him as a captain for the team. Tom, I wish nothing but luck to you. Continue 
future success on your future endeavors. And that's it, man. Just keep doing what you're doing. I, I know you got to go. Mind. Your crazy schedule, you got to yeah, go. I got to right go. Now. I got to get right back to the gym. We got a private lesson at 4 o'clock. <laughs> Love Thank you, you brother. Man. I appreciate it. We're out. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.